Hello, good people, and welcome to the Amateur Hour. My name is Justin. My name's Tyler. And welcome back for another episode, and I'm glad you guys came back to join us. It's absolutely fantastic to have you guys back. Thank you for always listening. I do want to take a moment and say, uh, please go over and uh, give us a follow on our social media, please, for the love, okay? And the reason I ask, nothing crazy, okay, I know we're not always posting on it all the time, but we're trying to build a community. And in building a community, we need to start following and we need to start reaching out. So also, don't be afraid if you're listening to this, leave a comment. Um, if you can't leave a comment because of the platform that you're listening on, and again, we're on five platforms, just click that link tree. If you're listening to this, it's in the description down below of anything, including Spotify and iTunes and Google. You're going to have, oh, and Apple Podcasts. In the description, that link tree does work. So you just click it. It'll take you to all the different platforms. And go over to our social media and just tag us in some comments. Um, and leave them about uh, the comments that we're asking you guys to answer. So if you want to be a part of it, uh, start doing that. Let's start a discussion. We'd love to hear more from you guys. Just putting that out there because we are generally trying to build a, a communication with you guys. So, because uh, we love you, as we say at the end of every podcast episode, because it's very true, uh, we enjoy our listeners and those people out there, uh, not because we're making any money out of this, but simply just because we uh, want to start building a genuine community and be able to start doing things in the future, giveaways and other things and such, which I was trying to do a giveaway like a couple seasons ago, didn't end up kind of going through like I wanted um, just certain things fell uh, fell through in terms of communications. So with that said, we won't be able to do these things if you guys don't start following, subscribing, commenting. Let's start building a community together of us talking about life, tech, and everything geeky, as it says in our bio. And let's go on this adventure together. Again, we are the amateur hour for a reason. We're amateurs, all right? We're learning th through life, and we're amateurs in tech and amateurs and everything else and uh we like building and growing and with that is building our amateur community uh and having genuine discussions again we want to be able to do fun things like for example uh how would you say like even have meetups or other things like there's there's a lot in the works that we really want to do that we can't do without you so again please comment please subscribe hit that notification bell leave a like share it please share as well but with that said, we got to thank our sponsors, uh, the lovely Kelly's Kernels, as always, fantastic. I said 64 flavors, I believe, in one of the episodes, and I apologize. It's 68 flavors of fantastic popcorn that is deliciously made. So may, be sure to check them out if you're in the Indiana area. Again, their link is uh, over in the Facebook. They have all of their hours and days that they're open. And you're over in Indiana area, northwest Indiana, Cedar Lake to be specific. Uh, if I were you, I would go and check them out today. Why wait? <laughs> um, and with that said, too, we also want to thank our other sponsor, of course, the Grim Reaper himself from Twitch TV. Again, if you want some more entertainment and you're a gamer and a geek like us, Fire you, go over, check out some of his stuff. He's got some relaxing streams. Sometimes he's streaming some wonderful uh, 
what's this Minecraft mods with the lovely Tyler, of course, who's a part of the podcast. So if you want to get more of Tyler, he's over there streaming with the Grim Reaper. So far, you guys check that out. Um, and if you like some high octane gaming, of course, as it says in our sponsor ads, you're going to get a lot of that too with his Warzone gameplay. We got some, we got some Warzone map updates coming up and some lovely anti cheat. So I'm sure that. Uh, these tournaments and other things that he's being a part of is just going to be that much more high octane. We got some topics, some topics to talk about, things to talk about, Tyler. A lot of new things in the news recently, okay? Uh, we kind of gave it some time purposely for you guys to be able to catch up on yourself so that way you can now come here and hear our opinions on the latest and greatest new tech news. So... Again, this episode is going to be all tech. So we're going to be talking about the OLED switch, the switch light. And we're going to also be discussing the recent Apple conference as well as Google, uh, Google conference. So a lot of fun things to talk about in this episode. So please stay tuned. Um, but yeah, so Tyler, the OLED switch, okay, it came out. It's everyone was kind of hyped, right? Because it was releasing with the wonderful video game that... I personally was very excited for and actually has very high reviews by Metacritic. I believe it was like a 96%. If not, if I'm mistaken, I do apologize. And it might be an 89. But regardless, as far as I aware, it was 96%. The Metroid Dread, absolutely fantastic game. I watched a little bit of gameplay on it. Hopefully get to play it myself. If I were you guys, check out that game. But it dropped with the OLED new Switch. Um, and everyone was speculating, what's new about it? Is it going to be faster refresh rates? Is it going to be uh, better speakers? Uh, what is it that's going to be new and improved about this OLED? And well, quite frankly, I'm just going to say not a lot. <laughs> I think I'm going to talk in terms of the body of the Switch, and then I'm going to leave it off to Tyler to, to get into specs and more specifics of what they changed. So as far as I'm aware that they changed the speaker grills of the uh, the switch was actually kind of a problem. They made them a lot wider, so you're getting more sound from the switch itself. Which, to me personally, that was very annoying to have like these tiny little speakers, kind of at the very bottom. I, I heard that there was slight improvements with them. I don't know how much of that is true. Again, I was going to get into specs in just a sec. And uh, the back of the switch has been they changed a little kickstand rather than it being this little flimsy section of the switch the whole back of the switch literally folds out um, and with those other des design changes you get the white joy cons which i think look absolutely gorgeous and i would really love to get my hands on those white joy cons and with that said we also have a white stand that uh what's that called the stand that you use to use it as adapter to connect to your tv that dock sorry the switch dock and in that dock it's actually smaller and a little bit more compact which is fantastic but big but huge but the the little section that it has to hold the switch is actually a lot more loose than the original the switch i've heard that it does sit a little bit more nicely inside but you're having that wiggle so it's kind of scary because you're going to break your usb-c all right, so that's kind of disappointing itself. And, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to leave it over to Tyler to talk about the rest of the specs of this. But so far, in terms of the body, these are the new changes and new developments of the Switch. 
like you said, not a whole lot changed. Um, I'm just looking through real quick. The the kickstand, I, I'm I'm gonna call it a Surface knockoff kickstand because it's like the Surface Pro where the back of it folds out. It's kind of like that style. Uh, hopefully, it's a lot better. It definitely has a lot more. Um, what am I trying to say? Versatility is like how you can tilt it and set it down. Whereas the other switch just kind of like popped out and that was it. Um, so that's cool. I don't think the other switch had a built-in LAN port. I don't think it had a high refresh rate either. I want to say this one's more than 30 hertz where I think the other one was stuck at 30 hertz. But the biggest change they had with it would be the screen. It's the OLED screen, it's a bigger 7-inch screen, and the only disappointing thing to me, it's still 720. I don't know about you, but everything now, like the baseline, is 1080p, and for some reason, they stuck with 720 on a Nintendo. Probably because they didn't upgrade the processor. It's the same, I think it's an NVIDIA chip inside, it's the same chip, but... I feel like they could have went to 1080p because I'm pretty sure, doesn't it output to 1080 when you plug it into the TV? I, I might be wrong with that, but I'm pretty sure it does. As far as I was aware, is it, it's supposed to, but it doesn't really go anywhere past 720, even on the TV. I don't. I feel like they went for OLED. They got much better color reproduction, much better contrast. Actually, a screen that's bigger and more efficient, because that's how an OLED runs, it doesn't use as much power if it's a darker image. But why don't we get more resolution, you know? You're going to have the sharper, more vibrant color. Well, I can't say sharper because it's still 720. But if you would have made it at least 1080, I think it would have been probably way better. Yeah, one of the one of the issues that people were also bringing up is like they're like, okay, well, with this new update, they're like, maybe when you plug it into the dock, they're going to fix the tech in the way and the hardware in a way where it was going to be able to output better on your TV. And unfortunately, that's still not the case. You're not getting the full beautiful resolutions. And believe it or not, most people are saying, um, in terms of like other reviews on this OLED switch that it was a lot more they find it more intriguing to actually just not even plug it in their tv and just play straight off the switch itself because some games don't even translate completely well when you're plugging it into the television and they're a little bit even i think delayed at some points not in a crazy manner but you know in a couple minor slowdowns in in terms of hertz and as well as quality in terms of like the picture image, right, going from 1080 to 720. Well, right, and and if you're if if this thing is supposed to output in 1080 going to the TV, it has to upscale, and I'm sure there's going to be latency, and probably a loss of quality in the image, you know, because it has to make up for higher resolution, so it has to compromise on something else. Um, but yeah, I I just wish because you know, you, you you look at the Steam Deck and you see what that one's capable of and the processors and everything that they have on them now. The, the amount of technology we have today and it's just, I feel like it would have been simple to upgrade the chip to get 1080p gaming. 
out of the switch but i guess they didn't feel that that was necessary i do appreciate the oled i feel like it's going to be a way better picture way better experience and if the speakers are as good they are definitely better there because they definitely needed an upgrade on the speakers and screen for sure so i feel like it's still a worthwhile upgrade i think it's I think this one's another 50 bucks over the regular Switch. I feel like it's worth that 50 bucks, but I don't know. I, I feel like they could have went a step further and did 1080p, and then I guarantee the market would have exploded on it more than it already did, honestly. Yeah, I think that would have been honestly a huge saver for it. I mean, I don't think it's a horrible product. You know, I'm going to say, no, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that. It at all. But it is kind of disappointing that, you know, people were waiting for a pretty big update in terms of the Switch itself. And they hyped up this, you know, new OLED screen. But it's kind of unfortunate that, like, that was one of the only biggest design changes that they did, aside from, you know, uh, some of the outer body changes that they, they had done. Now, one thing that you you were talking about was, like, the Steam Deck and, like, how you can get a little bit more processing power and stuff out of that. And with that said, though, I was curious in terms of, do you remember how, like, bulky the Steam Deck was supposed to be? Was it supposed to be as bulky as the, uh, the bulkier than the Switch? Or is the Switch thinner? Because maybe that's part of the reason or issue as to why they're sticking with you know, not adding all this sort of like processing power. Well, hold on. Let's let, let's put it this way, okay? OLED Switch is a seven-inch tablet. Let's let's call it a tablet because that's essentially what it is. If you look at the newest iPad, it's got the same chip as the iPhone 13 in it, and it has ridiculous performance, really fast storage inside. I mean. There's no reason why you can't fit the same level of hardware inside the Switch. Now, I understand that, obviously, the Switch can't use the A... What is it, a 15? Because it's Apple's chip. You know, maybe... But I'm I'm sure NVIDIA could probably make a comparable chip if they, you know, really made the attempt. But it's just the fact that you look at the new iPad that Apple had, you see how small it is, but you see how much of a punch and performance it has. Why don't we get that in the Switch? I mean, if if the Switch could perform as good as an iPad, I would probably even pay 450 bucks for it, maybe 500 bucks, because it would have such a punch and performance. I just I, the technology's there. People would definitely buy it. Why aren't they using it? I I kind of agree with you in that. Like, I didn't really think about that, to be honest, because now I'm even thinking about even in terms of, like, phones, right? Like, you have these really large, or the not large, but, like, you have these very thin, like, phones that have, like, such crazy, like, computing power, right? Like, that just run really smoothly and look extremely gorgeous, with a high sort of like refresh rate in terms of like the amount of hertz that you get. Now, you you also got to think okay. A phone game 
with the exception of a few, because there is a few phone games out there that truly take a good amount of power to run. But when you're talking about a Switch or the Steam Deck, the Steam Deck especially, because that one can run a AAA title, those take a lot of processing power. You know, you, you couldn't run one well on, say, possibly an A15 chip. I don't think it'd be a very good experience, especially if it was like an open world type game. So there is limitations. When you're looking at the Switch type games, they're more than a phone game, but they're not quite a AAA title game. They're an in-between. So I feel like there's definitely room for higher performing hardware to really make those games just probably amazing like i'm just thinking okay you got your switch you brought it to your friend's house you got a bunch of extra controllers the four of you are playing mario kart or something if i could play mario kart at say 45 frames per second and 4k on the big screen with the dock that would be amazing and then say it had the 1080 screen the oled with a 1080 panel instead of a 720 panel. If you're doing just the set it up on the table at the coffee shop thing, hanging out with your friends, you know, because that's how they advertise it. I don't know. I just feel like the 1080 screen and maybe a bigger processor to make it more snappy, you know, more detail, loading up faster. I I feel like it wouldn't have taken a lot of work to get to that point. And... I just feel like it'd be a much better experience. I don't I don't think we need 90 hertz, 120 hertz, you know, nothing crazy like that. But a solid 60 FPS at a solid 1080p, oh, everyone would be not... I mean, the sales on the Switch are really good as it is. But just imagine if they would have made that upgrade, everyone would have been like, way more excited uh, i don't know if you mentioned the battery life was that one of the things that changed because as far as i'm aware it didn't it's roughly the same okay so the older screen was some type of lcd it wasn't as power efficient but it was smaller the newer screen being oled is bigger but because it's oled darker colors don't take as much power so the screen is actually more efficient, so the battery life ends up about the same. Now, I can say, if they would have went to 1080p and had a more powerful processor, you would take a dent in battery life. They would have to figure out something different for the battery. But, I'm still thinking the same way. You can play video games pretty long on a phone, and pretty long on an iPad, the batteries don't die right away. So I, I I still don't see why they couldn't do it in the Switch. I think it was more of a thing they want to keep the Switch as cheap as possible to open it up for as much people as possible rather than giving it the most performance it can get and the best experience it can get. Because like I said earlier, it'd probably go up to 450 500 bucks. And at 350 bucks, a lot of people can just go buy that without even questioning it. 450, 500, 
you start to question, can I afford that? But I kind of feel like they could make a, let's call it a Switch Pro. I, I still think a lot of people would buy it if it had those higher refresh rates, higher resolution, more processing power, you know. If they if if we came out with the Switch Pro and did those upgrades, I feel like it would sell really good. So now that you know we've sort of discussed that, I mean, uh, I think one thing that I know you're saying that it is kind of a knockoff of like the Surface Pro stand, and I totally agree. It it really is, but I'm, I think it's like okay, it's especially well. for the Switch itself, right? Because I it, one thing that I never use the kickstand for mine. Why? Well, because it's so flimsy. I'm like, you know, I'm not even going to risk breaking this thing. <laughs> I'm like, I spent so much money. This thing's very little. I don't like it. So I'm I'm glad that they made that change. And I really hope, I don't know how sturdy it is. I do know that it can go very low in terms of like you propping it up. Um, so that's really cool. But with this, I mean, I, I do want to transition and uh, was there any new designs and we never really went over the switch light like what are the specs in that and how do we essentially feel about that in comparison to the OLED switch so the switch light I don't know if the switch light has the same processor or if it's actually a lower end one um, I know it's still a 720 screen but the big difference is the Switch Lite, it doesn't output the TV, and the controllers don't come off. It's a one-piece unit. But the Switch Lite is pretty much aimed towards young kids, you know. So, and it's only 200 bucks. But it's really, the Switch Lite is, I guess, your modern Game Boy. That's really what the Switch Lite is, in, in my opinion. You know, one thing I do know is it is smaller, right? Like, it's a smaller body. But I wonder, in terms of battery life, like, how does that thing do as well? I would assume, since, you know, the, the controllers and everything are attached, you can kind of move parts more into the sides, whereas the Switch and the OLED Switch, it all has to fit in that center tablet. So I would assume... Maybe you can fit a pretty good sized battery in there. So I'm assuming battery life would be pretty good. A 5.5 inch screen, still 720 resolution, but the smaller that screen gets, the more densely the pixels are packed. So actually, even though it's 720 at 5.5 inches, you would technically get a sharper picture. And then everything else about it, it's comparable to the regular Switch. It's just one piece. You can't take it apart. You can't dock it. You know, you can't give a friend a joystick and then multiplayer. Now, yeah, you mentioning the, the joystick uh, really reminds me. And here's one thing that scares me about the Switch Lite, you know, in my personal opinion. The Switch itself, normally, I've never encountered this issue, but I'm not really an avid gamer on my switch but the switch's joy cons normally are notoriously known for getting stick drift fairly easily so now with that said you get stick drift on a switch light 
what do you do? <laughs> you know, is that going to cost you an arm and a leg to fix? I I don't know. I would assume it's the same buttons. You know, why would you use different hardware? I'm I'm assuming they took the exact same guts and put them into the frame of the Switch Lite. Yeah, and that's what's that's what's scary. Like, what happens when those Joy-Cons sort of miss out? You can't like replace it like you can't just oh okay i'm gonna buy a new joy con set or um well, you know or oh i'm gonna pop this one in in the meantime it's like no like my joy con's messed up and now i probably have to take it in somewhere they gotta open it up there's no quick replacement for me if i don't want to go through all that hassle and what if it costs more to fix that joy con as opposed to or that you know that thumbstick as opposed to uh you know being able to do that for you know, the like again the normal Joy-Con, being able to just swap it out or just literally just buying a new one if it's cheaper to do that. I okay, so most electronic brands they carry the one-year manufacturer's warranty, and Nintendo does that with most of their products that I'm aware of. Um, so I would assume stick drift that might be counted as wear and tear. Um, but you also may be able to, you know, say, Hey, my buttons are defective. And depending on who you talk to on the phone, maybe they would RMA it for you. I I don't know that that would be one of those. You'd have to kind of like play the field in per se. And I, I know that they do offer repair. So obviously you can send it in and get it repaired. You know, there's no question there. Um, but yeah, I, I guess that would be a good point because all controllers that have a joystick, you will eventually get stick drift. I mean, there's there's a spring that keeps it up and straight. It eventually wears out. That's how any joystick is. So, And I do know that the Joy-Cons are notorious for strict stick drift faster than most controllers. So assuming they're using the same hardware and hopefully not potentially cheaper hardware in the light, I don't feel like you'd save any money using a cheaper joystick. There probably isn't one. Um, Yeah, that would definitely be a concern. Also, given the audience, your Switch Lite is pointed at, you know, let, let's say, what, your 10-year-old? your eight or 10 year old that wants to have something to do when they're in a car ride or, you know, their own little council thing. Let's face it. Sometimes they're not the greatest at taking care of it. <laughs> so, you know, that, that might be a worry. Are these joysticks going to get stick drift? Are the buttons going to get sticky? Is it harder to do anything with? Cause you can't slide them apart and clean them, you know, and then you got to count on your kid for taking care of it like that. And it's just, you know, not really going to happen as much. Yeah. I think for me, I personally would suggest people getting like a normal switch as opposed to the switch light. Now I do have a question for you and finishing off for this topic before we go to break. Do you suggest that if somebody to like, for me example, uh, would you suggest that I make the upgrade for the OLED screen uh, for the new Nintendo Switch? If you're an avid Switch player, 
you enjoy the platform a lot, I would say go for it. You know, because like I said earlier, it's the style of the console that really makes it a good experience. It's the fact you pull it out of your backpack, you drop it on a table, you hand your friend a controller, you both just start playing. You know, it there's there's a market that that's really easy to accept to and the price at 350 bucks who can argue that that's that's a good price for something like that um if your switch is something that doesn't get pulled out very much you know you're not gaining a lot by upgrading you get a little bit more screen that's really it it's not faster um the screen is potentially going to look a little better because OLED has better contrast ratios. Um, but you're not getting a performance jump. You know, it's it's not a huge difference in the console. So I would say it depends on how much do you really like spending time on your Switch. If you like it a lot, upgrade because I think you'll appreciate the bigger screen and the better color reproduction. Um, if it's just like you're, oh, I'm bored here and there, play the Switch for a little bit, you're not going to gain anything upgrading. All right. Well, you heard it here, folks. And with that said, we got some more fantastic topics coming up for you guys. Uh, we're going to be discussing uh, Google, their new event, which is addressing the new Google Pixel uh, and then from there, we're going to talk about Apple's event, which is actually what we're most excited for, which is why we're going to wait towards the end for you guys to hear about it. <laughs> but with that said, I hope you guys enjoy a word from our sponsors. Enjoy high-octane gaming with the Grim Reaper live on Twitch. Watch the Reaper as he plays through a plethora of game titles, such as Call of Duty Warzone, Call of Duty Zombies, Valorant, Minecraft, and more. Join him as he competes against high competition in COD Warzone tournaments for large cash prizes. You can catch the Grim Reaper streaming Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, 6 to 11 p.m. CDT. Just search twitch.tv forward slash the Grim Reaper. Link in the bio. Looking for a fun new way to eat popcorn? Then I have the place for you. Kelly's Kernels has 68 flavors to choose from. Try out their delicious birthday cake flavor or their cheesy cheddar flavor. If you want to go classic, the Chicago style flavor is for you. Either way, you have a wide variety of flavors to choose from. But that's not all. They offer other treats such as shaved ice, cotton candy, and mini melts. Be sure to enjoy the dine-in experience and bring the whole family. So come on down to Kelly's Kernels, where it's always poppin'. Located at 13226 Lincoln Plaza Way, Cedar Lake, Indiana. Link in the bio. And we're back from that word from our sponsors, and I hope you guys enjoyed. Again, all affiliates of the podcast are in the link in the description. So for you guys in all platforms, all those links are going to be in the description. Please give them a look. BMMB especially, I mean, he is absolutely fantastic. Would you guys go check him out? He has wonderful animations up on his YouTube channel, and you could follow him over on Instagram and Twitter. 
Um, I don't believe we have all of his links up on there, but we do have, I believe, his Instagram and his YouTube. So if I were you guys, please check him out. Uh, show him some love as well. I'm sure you guys will really enjoy his artwork. And with that said, too, the lovely Adam Stone, he's been on a tour recently as well. I would like to briefly talk about that. It is out in Mexico currently. Um, but with that said, yes, he's on his first tour, so that's absolutely fantastic. So a quick little shout-out to the wonderful Adam Stone, again, creator of the, uh, how would you say, the, our, our intro song that you hear right off the bat. So a huge thank you to him. Again, huge affiliate of the podcast. So if I were you guys, check them out on the link in the description, as well as our sponsors. Show them some love and go get yourself some popcorn. And you know what, what you're going to do while eating that popcorn? You're going to watch some wonderful Grim, Grim Reaper uh, on Twitch.tv. Okay? All right. Continuing on the topics, Google had an event where they talked about the new Google Pixel 6, which, to be honest, I am kind of a, I'm a weird fangirl for Google. I don't know what it is, but again, and I always talk about this, I've had a Google Pixel 3, and it was one of the greatest experiences I had. It was really cool. The only thing that was not great about that phone was the screen ratio at the time. Uh, compared to a Galaxy S10, as well as the battery life in that Pixel. Don't forget the speakers. Yeah, well, the speakers on Pixel 3 were phenomenal. They were really good. <laughs> that was actually a really good thing about Pixel 3, was that the speakers were fantastic. The screen was OLED, but it was just a small screen. But the body of it was absolutely beautiful. You had that wonderfully two-toned glass uh, in the on the... Uh, pixel on the back of the pixel and it was a frosted gorilla glass on the back of it and on the top was a clear glass as well and then you had that beautiful accent button over on the right hand side for the power button that was always a different color depending on the color you got on the white version that I had had an awesome mint green um, image like a uh, color on the side but with that, that said then they dropped the pixel 4 the one thing that I've noticed about the Pixel that is a bit of a, a thing that to me is cool yet kind of annoying as well is how fast they change their their body types. Um, they completely changed the body type, got rid of the two-tone glass, got rid of the Gorilla Glass, and uh, immediately went for no fingerprint sensors as well. They took that out completely and went to facial recognition and we're pretty much just, it looked like an iPhone. It had cooler colors, but it just looked like an iPhone. And it wasn't it for me. And the battery life was still very low. It was, I believe, the same as the Pixel 3, which was like a 3 milliamp battery, which was not even worth it. <laughs> so until the Pixel 5, which caught my attention largely um, because the wide range of options that they offered for the phone, as well as you had the hole punch, you had the wonderful in-display speaker that I've never seen in my life. So I was like super excited to try that out. Um, and they brought back the fingerprint sensor in the back, which was really cool. And this one was also all uh, Bluetooth uh, connect connectability as well. So that got me super excited. And it even had an IP rating this time that was, I think, a little bit higher. Actually, I take that back. I think the Pixel 3 did have a pretty high IP rating. But anyway... I digress. 
Now we're on to the Pixel 6, and they have another jarring, changing, life-changing body, uh, such as the Pixel 6, with a, a, a different style to the two-tone of the glass in the back, which is... They don't have the side button anymore. Yeah, they took out the side button. They I, have thought there was a, a, I thought I heard a rumor they were supposed to bring back the, the different contrast color side key, and... That was one thing that I always thought was cool about the Pixel, and I didn't see it on the new one, and I was like, hmm, it's kind of like one of the few things that I was looking forward to seeing again. Yeah, instead they kind of took that, though, and they shifted it to the back of the glass, and you get the two-tone colored glass, which is, again, which is another phenomenal thing that when I was reading up on this phone... Uh, in the recent leaks, now plus the, <laughs> which happened way before the event came out, so we all kind of knew it was coming up. <laughs> um, yeah, is Google that did a it very had bad job a? Uh, go ahead. <laughs> I said Google did a very bad job at hiding anything. <laughs> yeah, they did a wonderful <laughs> job. <laughs> what are you talking about, Tyler? <laughs> at least I didn't want to report on it and really talk too much in detail about it. We did roughly talk about the details, but. I didn't really want to talk too much in detail until the event happened and we had confirmation of these things. And we have the whole punch back. Absolutely phenomenal. Super excited. Of course, a different style. It changed. It's not on the left-hand corner side as it's on the original. Again, uh, I was talking about the two-tone of the glass in the back. Looks beautiful. You have this beautiful, like, lime green almost um, or mint green with, like, a even mintier green up top <laughs> and uh you have also other colors let me look at the colors here that they offer uh real quick for you guys they have a black with a wonderful like birch gray in the top uh top of it as well uh, you're getting like this uh this sort of pink color that's uh, also got a bit of orange to it this lavender almost so you got a definitely uh, a decent amount of color choices for sure my favorite of course is the green but anyway one of the coolest things that they are bringing with this phone is they're going back with working with gorilla glass again except they're working with gorilla glass and not only is the back just gorilla glass but the front of the uh, phone itself is going to be gorilla glass which makes me very excited because the one thing that i loved about the pixel 3 i felt so confident carrying that thing without a case because of the gorilla glass that it had um even in terms of the frosted glass like that did not even wear off in in like scratch or anything so that made me super excited and uh with that said they got rid of the fingerprint sensor in the back but they are now following the uh galaxy s10 and they have that sensor in the display of the screen so like that is another phenomenal thing that uh, to be honest i really like the galaxy s10 a lot that's to be honest one of my f favorite phones that i've owned so far in terms of the way it worked and even looked was the galaxy s10 i it's the happiest i've ever been with the phone and i'd given it up uh just because you know i felt like trading up to this new pixel and uh family member needed a new phone so i was like all right here you can have mine free charge and i'm getting myself a brand new phone um that isn't flagship price and is fairly affordable and uh, i went with the pixel and it's been cool but the speakers 
weren't the greatest part. I that is my biggest disappointment was the speakers of this phone, um, as well as to be honest, I don't mind the the back you know fingerprint sensor. I I know we talked about this before too, Tyler. It's like we liked the back fingerprint sensor, but the only sad thing about this phone is that the back of this phone is matted. It's not a glass back. So it's actually harder to clean if that gets dirty. And I'm a huge clean freak. And I have this mint green phone. <laughs> the last thing I want to do is get that mint green, like, you know, worn out or tarnished looking or just yellowy looking. Like, that's gross. Like, I can't clean it like on the Pixel 3 and just wipe it off because the the body of it was like this weird sort of like titanium or not titanium but like you know this uh alloy sort of frame which uh really wasn't the the best for sure I, I i don't know i wasn't a fan of the how the back of the phone felt felt easy to scratch i even seen several reviews where it would scratch just from putting it in your pocket a lot um so i'm happy they went back to this glass frame and the side of the frame too beautiful matted alloy in the side uh frame again it does look really cool because it's this matte black uh super exciting uh and then now uh the in terms of the display another wonderful thing an upgrade that they are doing to this phone is you're going to have 90 hertz for the base model of the pixel 6 which kind of makes me happy because i don't believe the pixel 5 had such a high uh amount of hertz in the display as well so it means it's going to feel even more smooth than what it really does and if you're going to get the pixel pro you're going to get the 120 hertz so that makes me really excited um i do want to pass off some of these specs to tyler and kind of get his take a little bit on the uh, pixel 6 and what do you think tyler because i i personally i was thinking of going to an iphone 13 pro if i if i had the money to switch and uh, to be honest, I'm kind of second guessing it and well, might want to stay with the Pixel. It's hard to make that decision, especially now, just because of the price. You know, the iPhone 13 Pro obviously has, you know, a lot going for it. But it, I, what's the, is it more? I believe it's more expensive. The Pro so, yeah. should be probably like Pro, what, like a thousand? Nine ninety nine thousand bucks, so a hundred bucks more, and I can't say that you really get a lot more. Now, the best thing about Google, they've always been affordable, and the bang for the buck for the pixels has always just the value in the phone has always been really good. And they've never had a flagship. Now they have a flagship. So I think that's going to be compelling to a lot of people because there's a lot of people out there that say, well, I get the Pixel if it was a flagship model, you know, because Samsung has their S series. Everyone got the S series because you had the best cameras, the bigger processor, the huge screen, the big battery. No one really went for the pixel because they just simply didn't have well now they got their what is it the tensor chip yeah their new tensor um, chip as well 
which was something we discussed last time, which I forgot to even mention again, which is going to be even better processing, kind of like similar to the M1 chip that uh, I that the Apple uses in, it's in like their iPhone devices. It's like iPhone with their A-series. Like the iPhone's got their A15, yeah, you there know, you go. the 14, 13, everything before it. Well, Apple made the software. Apple made the hardware. Obviously iOS is going to run the best on that phone because they made both sides of it. Android, Google never had their own processor. Now they do. Now Google can make, you know, a closer to perfect situation for the phones to run as best as possible. And I'm looking at the regular Pixel 6. It's $599 compared to the iPhone Pro is a thousand it's a little bit bigger screen it's not as high of resolution it's 90 hertz um so it's higher refresh hertz and the cameras and the new google is supposed to be I, this is where they're trying to compete apparently the google pixel has way better cameras now and if you even dip into the Pixel Pro, I think that's the one that may have a chance of being very comparable to Apple. Because there was a lot of what they were talking about with their new image signal processing. And actually, which is a pretty hard thing to do on most cameras. I think Apple does it pretty well. I've never really tried it myself. But a lot of cameras out there struggle with skin tones and natural colors they always filter to a different color or they shadow too much or they wash things out where darker skin tones there was a big problem with that with washing it out especially if you had a dark background behind you well now google is making a big step forward in image processing and the type of sensors that they're using and I think one big advantage over the iPhone for the 6 Pro, not because the regular one doesn't have it, but the 6 Pro has the telescope lens. So it has much better zoom, and you can get better low-light performance when you're zooming. Whereas the iPhone, it's all mostly digital. There's no like periscope or periscope lens. So there's that to think about too. So I think now that they have their Tensor chip paired with that camera system and the fact that it's a 6.7 inch screen on the Pro and a 6.4 inch screen on the normal one, you know, I, th I think they're going to have pretty good competition with Apple just when you're talking about raw specs. You're always going to have your Android fanboy and your iOS fanboy, but I think the Pixel 6 might cause some people to switch and try it out. You're also getting a 5,000 milliamp battery, and not including two, you're getting 12 gigs of RAM with the Pixel Pro. So having those two things, and I believe what, with the uh, iPhone Pros, do they even have 12 gigs of RAM, or aren't they just all standard, like 8, gig, eight gigs of RAM? Um, that's one thing that Apple never 
advertises, you always have to look it up. But the thing is, with Apple, their RAM management management is a lot different. It's handled completely different than Android is. And that's because Android is open source. iOS is not. So I'm gonna I'm looking that up real quick. RAM. How much RAM do you guys have? Okay, yeah, I was right. Six gigs. So yeah, the iPhone Pro the iPhone 13 Pro Max has six gigs of RAM. But it's the same concept as the M1 MacBooks when you're comparing them to, let's say, the equivalent Windows laptop. If you have 8 gigs of RAM on your Windows laptop and you have 8 gigs of RAM on your M1 laptop, the M1 will far outperform in multitasking than the equivalent Windows because of the way it manages its RAM. It's just whatever they do, they manage it better, and it's a lot easier. So, But I will say, when you get to phones that have 12 gigs of RAM, and I think there's a few out there that might even go up to 16 gigs of RAM now, you're multitasking. The amount of apps that you can leave out open at the same time, it is starting to become a difference on Android with those large amounts of RAM. But you got to think about it. That's twice the amount of RAM. That's twice the amount of power you're sucking out of the battery, too. So with a 5,000 milliamp battery, you're probably okay. But that's one of the reasons Apple doesn't drain the battery super fast, and that's one of the reasons why their chips are super efficient, because they use lower watt chips, and they use less RAM. Where more storage, more RAM, higher watt chips, that drains battery like crazy so but with, like i said with 5000 milliamp i think you're going to be able to get a solid day out of that battery with probably above average use well either way i mean i i personally i think if i'm going to make a change to be honest i really feel i've always vibed with the pixels and they're always taking things one step further um, and just making everything better. Like when it went from the Pixel 4 to the Pixel 5, I mean, the display was changed significantly when they got rid of that grill. Um, and they went back to that, you know, uh, fingerprint sensor in the back. They also even changed up their, their, they ended up having those dual rear cameras uh, that they changed from the Pixel 4, which was absolutely fantastic as well. So, they did a lot of changing, and now it just feels like they're even pushing the envelope further, so to speak. And that makes me very excited, very happy. Again, I know the camera back looks absolutely insane. Um, and it's very jarring, it for sure. But with that said, I mean, I like the difference. I like the vibe. I like the feel. And even in specs, I like the specs. So altogether, I think if I had to choose, to be honest... In my opinion, my pocketbook would be like, you know what? Grab that Pixel 6. And if I am had the money to dish out for a flagship, I'm going to grab that Pixel Pro because that is absolutely fantastic piece of hardware. I, I would say 100% if you can afford the Pro, 
go for the Pro because you get the better camera, the more RAM, and the bigger battery. And when you look at the size of the phone, 6.4, 6.7. That's almost no difference. Oh, not to, me not to mention the higher resolution screen and faster refresh rate and LTPO. You're getting yeah. a lot for that few hundred bucks. So I would say 100% go for the Pro because it's not even going to be much bigger in your hand. And, you know, at the iPhone 12, or I mean the iPhone 13 Pro, 6.1 inches, there's a difference between 6.1 and 6.7. There's a difference between 6.4 and 6.7, but it's not as much. So you're not going to notice a huge difference from one to the one physical size. So I would say definitely, if you can spot the cash for the Pro, 100% do the it one because thing that you're getting I, a lot for it. The one thing that I have to admit disappoints me, and to be honest, it kind of disappointed me with all of the phones that have just released right now, and we might have to color, cover the Galaxy series because we have not talked about Galaxy in a while, but um, the premium versions of the phones have been absolutely garbage in terms of color. <laughs> like <laughs> The color options for the regular Pixel 6, I love it, right? You're getting that beautiful minty green, that coral orange with a, just like a pink top on top. Uh, you're getting, a fin again, the black with the birch gray on top, which is more of like a, a charcoal gray with a birch gray up top. And I'm glad you bring up the colors. Because that's actually, I, I agree, the color options with the Pixel are really good color options. There is a big disappointment with that, though. Yeah. With Let's say you buy that 6 Pro. You really want, um, you know, the, let, let's get it in front of me. You really want that sort of sunny. That's your favorite color. You can only have the 128 gig, which is enough for most people. But if you want to get um, the cloudy white, well, now just because you got the cloudy white, you can go up to 256. And then if you want the black one, which is probably what I would personally get, now you can go all the way up to 512. Why they limited by color, I have no idea. I don't know. It, I would have offered all the storage options and all the colors and would have been better in my opinion. But exactly. for some reason, they made that a limitation. And you know, so Pixel used to never do that, right? Like, they... I, I'm trying to remember, at least as far as I'm aware, Pixel was pretty open in terms of like, you're getting this color, you can also get it for the the little bit more expensive version. You yeah. weren't, it wasn't like such a huge difference in terms of the color options. And now they limited, kind of like with, <clears throat> kind of like with iPhone, with the iPhone 12 you hit, or the 13 and then the 13 Pro, you go to the 13 Pro and you get such ugly color options, but the 13 is spectacular color options. Um, I don't know. I and think in I terms think of when I look at do, this... Oh, go ahead. I, I think it has to do with... Like, okay, the, the iPhone 13, perfect example, they have the Pro model. 
they consider the black and the silver and the gold and the blue they per they consider those their premium colors and most people honestly probably get the black or the silver and then you put a case on it it's the same thing with the 6 pro now apple also does it with their cheaper macbooks if you get a macbook air there's another color option if you get the regular iphones they're cheaper you can get all the flashy colors i think it's more of when you go into the store and you can't you know you can't afford the pro so okay let's let's give you the cheaper phone but let's let you be a little bit more playful with it you know you, you can have the flashier color you could still feel good about getting the lower end spec phone yeah that's a good you know because you get those other visuals from it now when you're when you're going to the google pixel same thing if i'm getting that 512 gig phone and i'm getting you know all the top specs in the pro model i don't think i'm really going to care much that it's black and same thing for the iphone pro pro max you know i just feel like when you're getting the better camera, more storage, you're really focused on what's on the screen rather than what the back of your phone looks like. Yeah, I, I think I uh, I agree on with you on that, especially. I personally, though, I think, to be honest, like, I don't know, I, I love the look of that green Pixel 6 so much. And to be honest, a 3.4, like, all the specs in me personally, I don't think I would utilize a lot of it. But I don't know. I really love that, and I think I would probably go with the Pixel Six. Just rock that cheaper price tag, and just have that beautiful back. And to be honest, I would probably even rock it without a case because I did that with my Pixel Three when the back was Gorilla Glass, and it was it was phenomenal. I felt free. I felt alive, Tyler, on the edge, so to speak. <laughs> because to know that your phone is relatively, you know, under this strong glass where you can just drop it and. You know, it's not the biggest of worries. Um, so, you know, or I just rock a clear case on it, you know, and one black case as well. Uh, so in, anyway, at the end of the day, I really would probably go with that option. If I were you guys, I'm a huge avid lover of the Pixel 6. And I didn't think that this year I would be leaning towards the Pixel 6. Again, I was even telling Tyler, I'd probably go like iPhone, you know, 13, you know, Pro or, you know. And um, to be honest, I think I would stick with the Pixel um, just because the specs are good. They're genuinely upgraded. They're genuinely good. And even with the Pixel 6 itself, it's pretty close to flagship sort of software. And uh, you also got the Google Tensor chip, which is going to be a huge change. And we'll wait to see for further reviews on it. But... So far, we're definitely very excited. I personally uh, am very excited for it. But now, to the main event that everybody I, was waiting for, just because out, for the sake I of time. I want to point out one thing before we carry on to the last one. Okay. Now, one thing about the Pixel, Justin likes it. I hate it. The camera bump is huge and atrocious, if you ask me. <laughs> and then I'm sitting here, I'm looking at him like, you know what? If I did the black, the black looks good. I could deal with the camera bump. But I was looking at the cases on Google's website, and the first one that popped up is a big, thick, heavy otter box. And the first thing I seen 
was the massive freaking hole for the camera bump. It's so damn big. It's the whole top <laughs> half of the case that the freaking camera bump just goes all the way through. And I'm just like, no, I, I don't, I can't do the pixel with, with the, <laughs> can't do the, the camera bump. That's, I thought the iPhone camera bump was horrible, especially because the iPhone teeters because it's on one corner. Well, maybe this one wouldn't teeter, but it's so damn big. <laughs> You know what's something that also we briefly forgot to mention is that the Pixel Stand has a, uh, there's a second gen, finally, to the uh, Pixel Stand after, like, oh. what, like, two, That's two, another two thing. or so years? What, of, what is with Apple, or what is with Google and making all of their accessories egg-shaped? Well, this one's squared. I don't know if you see it, do you? Where is it at? Yeah, this um, one is a new squared design. I don't know why the other one. I personally, I have the Google Pixel Stand. Um, beautiful charger. It works really well. I absolutely love it. Um, it's not too I'm looking, out okay, there. I'm looking at the Pixel Stand. It says it's the new one, but I still see the egg shape. The big. It, it looks like a white egg coming out of the table. Uh, let me see. It's got like a green kind of bottom thing that the phone sits on. Um, and then there's like a big egg thing sticking up. Let's see. Is it called the super fast wireless? Is it called the Pixel Stand second gen? Oh, yeah. yeah. I guess you could say it's kind of a. Oh, yeah. I see it now in the back. When the phone's not sitting on it, if it's just pointing I see up it in the back phone, now. Yeah, I see what you're talking like about. An egg shape. I'm like, why, guys? Why, why the egg shape? <laughs> I do like the look of the other one a little bit better, to be honest. Um, I, Again, I already have a Pixel stand, so I'm, I'm golden. <laughs> but with this said anyway, uh, that's super exciting that they have a new iteration of the Pixel stand. So if you guys like your Pixel devices... Oh, the Pixel Buds as well. I personally have them. Super fantastic. Um, I have the green pair, of course. It matches my phone beautifully. Connects to my phone beautifully. Uh, the sound quality, really good. Not a lot of outside noise coming in. Um, and the uh, sort of touch to skip and hold and hear your notifications with Google is absolutely fantastic. But anyway, continuing on. We got we got to move on to Apple. We got to move on to Apple. The Apple because, because it's the main event. We're running close to time. We might go a little bit longer for you guys today, just because you know we know you've been waiting, and we've been excited to sort of report on this because actually, me and Tyler uh, personally, we've been waiting for this for quite a while. I, I remember us sort of discussing this uh, a few times. It was supposed to come out WWDC. Yes, there was a there was a leak on YouTube. That said, MacBook and the tags on the WWDC live feed. And then they didn't show us a MacBook. So I wanted to take my computer and throw it out the window because that's how mad I was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but before I even continue, I know I already mentioned MacBook. I wasn't going to. I was going to start it off by this big new product has a freaking notch. And there's no freaking face ID. The whole point of the notch on the iPhone houses the face ID. That's why the notch really? is so big. That's why the notch is there. On the MacBook Pro, they didn't mention anything about face ID. As far as I know, there is no face ID on the MacBook Pro. And it's irritating. Yeah, that is kind of disappointing, to be honest. You want to get in and I, out. Okay. 
pull it up on Apple's website, go to the MacBooks, go to the new 14 and 16 inch ones, and then just scroll down a little bit. Now, if you if you notice, all of the pictures are mostly in dark mode because they're trying. Oh, to I see it though. I see it. It's got a notch. What's the notch yeah. for? <laughs> yeah. It. It. Okay. They put a notch there. And they say it's for a 1080p webcam. Now, this is what irritates me a little bit. I don't know how thick the screen is, <laughs> but I know how thin my phone is. I know the screen on the MacBooks thicker or thinner than my screen on my phone. But the phone's had a 1080p camera in it for how long? It could have fit in <laughs> the MacBook. Dude, I think Apple's just apart. looking for an excuse to put tiny. a notch and everything. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. I I told you I was gonna give them a freaking rant about putting a damn notch on the damn MacBook Pro. Dude, they're obsessed. I'm convinced they're obsessed with the freaking I'm notch. I'm gonna look. buy it. I'm gonna get me. Okay, when you when you scroll down when it when it showcases an old lady with the 1080p webcam, you can see the notch 100. percent It's a big freaking notch. It's not even a little notch. It's a big notch. I hate it. Why? Why? Why is there no face ID if you're gonna put the big freaking notch <laughs> that looks like it's as wide as my iPhone screen? <laughs> Why is there no face ID? I don't know, dude. That doesn't make any freaking sense. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are they doing, man? On a computer? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, They're upset. I'm telling you, they got an they got an issue over there with this notch thing. All right. And don't I'm, tell I'm me this is going to start catching on because you know when they first did that notch, everybody was like, "We're doing the notch." The only people who hold who held out was freaking Galaxy, Samsung. Guys, <laughs> language warning. Fuck the notch. <laughs> <laughs> Get rid of the notch. <laughs> I agree. It's stupid. I I, I don't think it's uh not for. Put it on the phone all you want, right? That's that's Apple's staple at this point for their iPhone. It has a purpose on the phone. Yeah, there's a Face ID scanner. There's a. I mean, if you hold it to the light, you can see a bunch of sensors. If I hold my MacBook screen to the light and I don't see any sensors and I just see a black rectangle, I'm I'm I don't know. I'm gonna be angry. <laughs> don't you don't right. you like the the beautiful notch even though it's a tiny little circle like your uh like your current laptop <laughs> uh, why <laughs> i don't know no why they it. couldn't do a hole punch <laughs> a hole or, punch or or experiment with that new tech that uh samsung's using with the mesh uh of the apple? under display apple camera doesn't do new tech apple takes current tech and takes it into a lab and perfects it and then releases it a year or two later. That's Apple. They do that with everything. But well. the bezel on the screen is three and a half millimeters, which is great. I love small bezels. That camera sensor, what what is it? Five millimeters round? Okay, so why don't you shove that camera sensor up to the very tip top of the screen as close as you can get it and just make that top bezel a millimeter and a half wider and a solid bar goes across you think anyone's gonna miss 1.5 millimeters of screen yeah that notch is disgusting i'm seeing more pictures and then if you look at the bottom bezel of the macbook 
It's thick. So just move the whole screen 1.5 millimeters down. Boom. No, no but... notch. Camera hidden. Everything works. Aside from the <laughs> notch, what kind of makes me sad, and I know it's just a gimmick, but listen, listen, hear me out. They took out the bar, the touch bar. I liked the touch bar. I've never used the touch bar, but I feel like I would have liked it. Yeah. Especially for me, like, right? Like, I'm editing. I'm behind the scenes, right? I'm doing all this stuff for the podcast. Give me a touch bar where I can do some quick shortcuts and just tap it on the little, little beautiful little touch bar there and cut or record or just something really quick rather than me pressing R or Command T. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I've never used a touch bar. I've seen them, you know, but I think the most I've done on one is maybe turn the brightness up. I don't know how much I would have used it. I think it would have been cool to have, but I'm a hotkey person. I like my, you know, when you're not, when you're, you're typing away on the keyboard, you're, you're doing something quick on there. It's so quick to me to just do a hotkey or a key function with a physical key. We're not even thinking about it. So I feel like I am for getting rid of the touch bar because I use my physical keys a lot. So, so maybe that would change if I used the touch bar, but I'm always like F4, F5, F9, F11, F12, doing all bunch of different stuff with the function keys. And if my touch bar froze up or if it wasn't sensitive enough to see my quick click, I'd lose my mind if I had to do it twice. So even on the topic of the keyboard itself, um, do you know if this is still the butterfly keys or is it chiclet style? Um, I think Apple did, did away with the butterfly keys. Cause I, I think I, I believe because my girlfriend currently has the pro just before now these new releases for the 14 and 16 inch and I believe she still has the butterfly keys, which are the flatter ones, right? I love the chiclet style because it's like, you know, you're hearing the click. You can feel your keys. So I really hope that they went back to that chiclet because butterfly, mm, I don't well, like it. I like to feel my keys, last, man. I can't remember what year it was off the top of my head. Um, for I, I want to say, was it 2016? I don't know. One of the years the keys just stopped working. The keyboards were so bad and Apple had to do a replacement program yeah. and all that. Other yeah. Stuff. It would be like you type E or like something like that. And it would type like four times. I, I, I'm pretty sure they did away with that key keyboard design. I mean, you'd almost have to, if it was that bad. Yeah. It was, it was uh, pathetic. It was disgusting. One thing I can say about the new keyboard. Um, just looks, on a Mac, it's always been laid in a little bit in the frame, like recessed in there, so it lays flat. They made the whole thing completely black. So if if you if you go to the overview, oh yeah, I can see it. Yeah, what 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 picture shows it? Um, if you if scroll down right under that old lady picture, you'll see it. Yeah. Okay. So right here. It, wow. If you're using it at night. That's going to be awesome. I like but it. But during the day, I, I like it. 
But I'm so used to I didn't even notice seeing that. the aluminum go all the way too. through the keys. It just looks different to me. You know to look even nicer there, dude? A uh, nice little touch bar at the top, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what would look even better? No freaking notch. <laughs> yeah, that would even look better. Okay, but aside from looks, I mean, we've got a beautiful track, track pad, some let's speaker go, grills. Let's, go let's, let's get into specs. I want to hear the specs. One, one more thing about the design. All right, one more. Just, just a small one. Um, I feel like so Apple's been doing this throwback thing. You know, they did it with the with the iMac with the colors. They brought back the colors. I feel like they went back to the 2009 body. If you remember the white plastic one. Yeah, uh, my girlfriend's. Side note, Robbie. real quick. My girlfriend's mm-hmm. dad still uses that one. Yeah, I this body <laughs> kind of represents It's updated and everything and it's a family computer. Like it's like what? I was <laughs> like, what is this thing? <laughs> That's funny. The the fact that it still works well. No, it, it it's slow as hell, dude. I'm I'm gonna <laughs> But it still works and believe it or not, it's got like the modern day tech on it. <laughs> but it just it kinda does. Like it's got some you know yeah. It's got some like slow legs on it. Let's just say that. <laughs> so, all right. I just wanted to point that out because I kind of like the way the older one looks, and now the newer one, it's like the same thing. But it's still slim, right? Is it still thing. slim as the newer one? Oh yeah, it's slimmer. It's okay. it's not a big fat boy. It's nice okay. and slim. You're scaring me for a second. I was like, I don't um, want no, more thick no, it's, thing. It's good, <laughs> but. I, I don't know. I, I like the design choice. I thought it was going to be more squared off like the iPad all the way, but I kind of like these rounded edges because I'm thinking about putting it in my lap. I don't want sharp edges sitting in my lap. It's a laptop. That would yeah. seem uncomfortable to me. So I Lose feel like junk. this was a good choice. <laughs> um, the speakers are supposed to be a huge upgrade. Supposed to be really good speakers. And it's supposed to have a really big upgrade in uh, the mic array on it, too. Noise cancellation and the quality of the sound going in. They claim studio-quality mics. I don't think it's going to be studio-quality mics, but I do expect a big step up from the old version of what they were using. Um, What else? They they changed the headphone jack. You can use high impedance headphones now, which that's going to be awesome for the people Super that want to use like the like the bigger speakers and like the older. Tell, bigger tell them what they brought back too. I want I want to hear it. I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm giddy. Is, this is the most important thing. They brought back ports. There's an HDMI port. There's an SD Fantastic. card reader. Both of those are great. I really wish they brought back at least one USB-A port because there's so many freaking know. things that still I use know. it. I wish at least it had one. one USB-A port. Like on the other side where it has the HDMI, the um, SD card slot, and it has a USB-C, I kind of wish that USB-C was a USB-A. I, f- I feel like that would be awesome. Maybe that's just me because I'm using older tech i don't know but the biggest thing they brought back magsafe 
Yes, that's what I wanted to hear. The wonders of MagSafe. Safest way to charge your laptop ever. I put my laptop on the table and the charger got pulled out of it or something like that. Or just the fact that you kind of hold the cord in your hand and just by muscle memory, you get near it and it's just right there and it's, and it's charging. I don't That's know. Fantastic. The MagSafe on mine was awesome. I I don't have a USB-C MacBook. Mine's from 2012. But I feel like I would get ticked off plugging in USB-C all the time to charge it. Oh, no. I seen it on Emily's and I was like, you know what? No, I, I really don't like that aspect. And we're even talking about it uh, with her even her dad when he, when she first got it i was there when she first got it in and we were talking about the thunderbolt and like yeah the charging's like that now and he's like oh i don't really like that what happens like if you trip on it and to be honest dude magsafe has saved my life like this laptop would have been gone great having all the new usb-c ports because it's one wire for everything you know you get a new piece of tech you just know, oh, well, my MacBook got USB-C. Everything new has USB-C. You don't have to worry about not being able to plug it in unless it's an older device. But you can get a really nice USB-C dongle that has all the ports you need. Yeah. Um, but that's why I'm saying I really wish this MacBook had a USB-A because I don't think I'd have to use a dongle if it had one A port. Yeah, it would have been fantastic. You know, if I, to be honest, I don't really normally use my USB ports a lot as, as you think, cause like everything's sort of already, it is kind of like cloud services and stuff like that. Anytime I'm dealing with audio files and other things, I'm emailing it, right? Like it's, there's no big deal. It's a rarity mm-hmm. when I have to move things over. The only time I'm using the USB A is when uh, I'm utilizing my, uh, external hard drive or um, a USB to carry like one of our podcast files to right. uh, somebody else's computer so I can upload. But for the think your external hard drive is old. Yeah. If you if you buy a new MacBook and you buy an up to date external drive, it what it's most likely going to be is a housing for an M.2 that comes with a USB-C cable. I tell you what, though, this USB-C stuff is also really nice in terms of hooking your phone. It's one of the most durable plugs I've ever used. Yeah. You know, you you think about the micro USB, hated that plug. They broke all the time. Yep. The ports always got messed up. Yeah, all scratched up. They just sucked. Um... USB-C is definitely the best port that I've used so far, other than USB-A, if you're talking about um, durability. It's really, really, really hard to mess up a USB-A, and it's still pretty hard to mess up a USB-C. So I think the USB-C is at least a good choice. I just want one more port. If it's a pro device, I want my USB-A because there's so many pro things out there that plug into a USB-A. Yeah. Tell, do you know, I also was like uh, curious and as aside from these ports, which I'm super excited because 
the HDMI is something I'm really excited for as well because for a long time uh, the HDMI that you had to get that adapter for it right for like that weird lightning port looking thing on the side I forget what that port's called and that was how you're able now to have this HDMI and be able to like just plug it into your television a lot faster I think that's going to be awesome for content creators and everything. Yeah. You know, us in the podcast. Let's say you're making a movie. Let's say you're just working on a project. You go to your friend's house to work on a project. It's a school project. And mommy and daddy were nice enough to buy you a $2,000 MacBook to use and work on. Whatever the whatever the case is, it's really nice to say, hey, guys, you want to see what I've done so far? And every freaking TV has an available HDMI port. Yep. Plug it in, pop it up there for everyone to see. Even monitors now. So it's like, it's fantastic. I, I'm really excited to well, to be able I, to that's utilize funny it. funny you say that. I have the LG ultra-wide uh, monitor, the $1,700 one. Yeah. It's Thunderbolt. It's USB-C. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I tell you what, though. You know, now, let's say me coming over or something like that, I could be like, hey, Tyler, look at this, what I edited in the podcast or whatever. I don't have to email it to you. I literally just grab your HDMI cord, plug it in real quick for a few seconds, and bada-bing, bada-boom, we, we were able to enjoy everything in a big-screen TV in terms of edits. Right, and exactly. to be honest, this is going to make things really awesome in terms of when we're making the podcast more available to uh, visual. And, and going and staying on the topic of screens, the M1 MacBook Pro that they came out with, the 13-inch, I want to say you are only able to hook up one additional display. And I'm not sure if it was even 4K. Maybe it was 4K. Um, but now, you with... We're looking at the, um, what what is it? The the M1 Max. That's their. They have an M1. They have the M1 Pro, and they have an M1 Max. Those are the new chips. Um, but now you can hook up three XDR displays. Holy! And one additional 4K display, plus your MacBook display. Wow! That's huge. If if you're that uh, horsepower, you know you you got to use all the performance you have. You're you're doing some machine learning. You're doing some editing. You're doing some uh, real world rendering or anything like that. And you have all the different screens, everything you got going on all at the same time. You don't have to switch between one screen, or you're not limited to one screen. That's going to be huge for so many people out there. I mean, there's just so much performance that comes out of this little tiny, what, what is this thing? I don't, I don't know how thick it is. We'll just call it somewhere between half inch and three quarters of an inch. And a little 14 inch MacBook can do that. I mean, that's huge. I'm I'm just excited to see what they've done. You know, it, to be honest, I'm very happy with the development of this new MacBook. I think they hit it out the park so far, you know. And there's so many options now, too. So before, let's say you wanted to get the top-spec MacBook. You had to get the big screen. You had to get the biggest MacBook they had to get the big processor, 
all the RAM and all the storage. Well, now you can get the 14-inch MacBook and you can get all the best hardware in it. You don't have to get the big screen. So if you're like, I want my MacBook to be small and portable, well, you can still get the 10-core CPU, 30-core GPU. You can still get the 64 gigs of RAM, and you can get up to 8 terabytes of storage all in Holy. the little package. You couldn't do that before. You had to get the i9 with the giant screen. And then there's also so many more options. Let's see, one, two, three, four, five different CPU options, or let's say SOC options. Um, whereas before, well, the M1, you, you got the M1, and then you could either choose 8 or 16 gigs. That was the only option. Well, now you got the M1 Pro 8-core, 14-core, the M1 Pro 10-core, 14-core, the M1 Pro 10-core, 16-core, the M1, or the M1 Max 10-core, 24-core, and then the top-of-the-line M1 Max 10-core, 32-core. Whereas before, you just had one option. Now you have five. I mean, that's awesome. That is even more than awesome. That is extravagant. That's amazing. <laughs> Spectacular. All the other bigger words you can use for that. <laughs> and the starting, um, where you start by, it's not, you know, 8 gigs, 256 gigs of storage anymore. It's actually respectable 512 gig storage. And I believe the lowest you go is 16 gigs of RAM now. Wow. For 2000 bucks, considering how MacBooks were usually priced before, I feel like that's worth it for sure. Yeah. So, you know, with these being on sale, people can still get the sort of the OG 13 Pro, is that correct? And the 17-inch? Yeah. Yep. And, you know, I, I don't feel like it should be the MacBook Air, the M1 MacBook Air, and then it should be the M1 MacBook, and then the M1 MacBook Pros. I, the 13, just considering the amount of performance jump that they put into this 14 and 16 inch, I feel like it takes the Pro name away from the 13. Yeah, it should just be MacBook 13, huh? I don't know. Like, can you call it a Pro anymore? If I, this these these would stop the crap out of it. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I guess uh, to some people it still will be pro, right? Like some people I think are still might be negligent in terms of like specs and stuff. And I think these two computers are for the spec lovers, you know? Um, well, and I, th I mean, I, when you put it in simple terms, the new Mac or when the MacBook M1 first came out, the MacBook Pro 13, it was still a big jump in performance. And it's not like it's any slouch right now. You could go buy it brand new off the shelf and bring it home, and it would be a great computer. I feel like $1,200, mm, I don't know. I feel like that's a little steep, but honestly, I, th I think at $1,200, they could have at least stepped it up to, you know, 512 gig storage and maybe 16 gigs of RAM at least. I think that would have been suitable for 1200 bucks. But let's just face it, Apple has an Apple tax. They always cost a little more. 
but you are getting what you pay for. You're getting a quality product. But by what what I'm saying is just even if you get that older MacBook Pro with just the regular M1 chip, you're still going to have a fast, good performing computer. You won't be able to complain about the performance. I think for not much more getting that 14 inch with even the base model M1 Pro chip. You're going to be you're going to be walking circles around the M1. I think in terms of the Apple products, I honestly feel like back then I I thought like, you know, when I was going to get a laptop, I'm like, I'm going to go with a MacBook Air, you know, and that's exactly what I went with back in 2015. And I've been having this for what now? Five years, actually six (laughs) going on seven years of this, this laptop. And it's finally kind of just giving me it's bits of slow, you know, running self and that's barely now um but they were they were always good pieces of hardware but my my point is like you know in terms of like macbook now it's really at its peak i feel like it's really at a good price point at this point (laughs) pun intended and um it's absolutely fantastic like i think it's worth the price if anyone out there was looking to, especially for creators out there, I mean, you got availabilities to, for example, like we, we utilize audio hijack and garage band in terms of recording stuff and software that is normally, well, audio hijack is available, I believe for other um, computers, but still it's predominantly an Apple run app and garage band is free for utilization in terms of, this app you have final cut pro that is specifically for apple products so you have all these like fantastic apple apps that go with creating and for or that are for creators and i think that the laptop is at such a solid high peak that i would suggest an apple for any creator literally just because it works phenomenally if you're looking for something that is just on the go and now high computing power as opposed to a regular desktop i mean desktop sure you could always build the crap out of it make it absolutely spectacular but i think for any independent creator or just even now in the creative industry these macbooks are just a must they are fantastic go with an apple in terms of computers you know since, since you're talking about it when i when i go back to the tech specs what laptop can you run with that amount of horsepower? Where's the battery life? That has 17 hours of battery life on the 14-inch and 21 hours of battery life on the 16-inch. To be honest, Tyler? When you get a gaming yeah. laptop that has top-of-the-line hardware in it, let's say a 3080 and a 8-core processor, you're going to kill it in like three or four hours if you're not plugged into the charger. And a lot of them take a performance hit when you unplug the charger because the battery inside just can't feed the amount of power that laptop needs. So you actually reduce the performance when you're not plugged in. Wow. These MacBooks, they don't do that. Gorgeous. That's all I got to say. Gorgeous. (laughs) And one more thing I want to add. Yeah. Um, cause I just seen it while you were talking, I was scrolling through the page. 
everyone that used to have the old MagSafe chargers and, you know, that where, where the wire cracked coming out of the charging block yeah. and you had to wrap it with some tape to make sure it didn't spark and light on fire like mine did. Um, the new ones are replaceable. It's a USB-C into the charging block and oh, a wow. MagSafe end on the other side. No so when way. your cord goes to shit, you just get a new one. Wow. Why they could never do that on the old uh, Mac chargers, I have no you idea. Know what? I just it, thought I'd add that in there because that's great. That is okay, yeah. I, I think, to be honest, today has been such a phenomenal day for tech. I mean, we're literally living in an area, an era where tech is just being developed in, in such a high way. And to be honest, at this point in time, I'm actually happy where tech is at. In terms of consoles, you have consoles that are absolutely fantastic in specs now, right? Like that's even close to computer mm-hmm. gaming. Um, you have desktops, again, that are, we're even getting more availability with that. That's just, But that's always been a thing, right? But in terms of laptops, absolutely fantastic specs. And phones... Now we're finally at a point where like you have options for flagship, non-flagship phones and just the development of where tech is going and where tech currently is right now is absolutely fantastic. And I think everything at its price point right now is literally worth the price point. It literally now it's it's like I a think it's what a choice really of get the value out of these computers is the amount of RAM that they have built into them. Um, if you have a max chip, the amount of bandwidth. But on top of that, these laptops have a built-in XDR display. Thousand nits of peak brightness. What is this? A one million to one contrast ratio? Or one billion to one contrast ratio. Um, and true tone with wide color P3. I mean, the old displays didn't have that didn't have near the brightness um it's just the color reproduction if you're a content creator if you factor that display into the price as well screw the other laptop the m the macbook has the best display at the price point hands down yeah i agree so at the end of the day I want to leave a question for everybody is what tech do you want? Do you feel like tech currently is worth the price? Um, if you feel otherwise, I want to hear a comment down below again. If not, tag us, DM us over in our, uh, our on our social media to discuss this. Definitely, we want to hear from you guys is what we're trying to say. And in terms of in the beginning of this podcast episode, we were talking about building a community as always, we want to genuinely build a community with you guys and start outreaching to you guys. So please, please, please uh, go over to our social media and f- don't feel afraid to reach out to us. We want to hear from you guys and we want to discuss on your guys' beliefs and your, your viewpoints in terms of uh, do you feel like tech is is worth the price point? If, if not, I want to hear from it. Again, leave that comment down below. Always leave a like, subscribe, hit that notification bell if you're over on YouTube. If you're not on YouTube, please just follow us uh, on whatever platform you're on. There is always a follow button over in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, 
and you name it. <laughs> With that said, too, be sure to check out our sponsors again. Don't forget to, if you're out in the Northwest Indiana area, go to check out Kelly's Kernels with her 68 flavors and also other tasty treats that they offer uh, as well. And if you're in a gaming mood uh, and want to see the wonderful Grim Reaper gaming uh, or the Grim Reaper, he's over on twitch.tv. Go check him out. He streams about, uh, I believe, what, three three times a day? I got to get the the stream schedule on there maybe a little bit more specifically. But again, all those links are in the description down below. Take you a few seconds to click that and check them out. Support us. Support them. Uh, Again, let's build a community. Let's be better. I love where tech is. With that said, we love you. Bye.